Welcome to the Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Hani Rambod, and I'm a little bit out of breath because I just got done whooping this dude's butt sitting across from me. Welcome, Sean Clarita, two-time Olympia 212 champion. Welcome to the house. And we got the new sign. So for those of you that are only watching this on YouTube, you can see it. For those of you that are not watching on YouTube, go back and check it out because the new truth sign has finally been finished. So um, what do you think? This is awesome. Thank, well, first of all, thanks for having me here again. Absolutely. And thanks for being the first guest with the new sign. This yes. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. It's late night. It's about, well, not that late, but 8 p.m. And uh, came. you came in. I, I told you whenever you want to come in, train. And so came in and trained back and uh, hit it up here at the gym, at, at the uh, at the HQ. <laughs> and then what we did was um, getting together and got the boys together and started saying, let's throw a podcast. So, Absolutely. yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. now now we got the sign. Now I got to just finish up the rest of this. And, uh, you know, the gym's almost completed. There's only a couple more things that need to be done, get some of the cool signs. I want to get the pictures up of all the guys. It's an awesome gym, yeah. though. Thank you. Awesome, sick gym. Thank you, man. Yeah, I want to get the um, I want to get some of the posters of all the guys, just like some cool shit. Nice. You know, I want to get the uh, you know quad stomp got to go up there uh, from '09. We got to get Phil. Phil. Well, Phil, yeah, I got to decide if I want to do that crazy most muscular. There's a good most muscular him, or there's a box most muscular where he's you know hands clasped. Um, yeah, I don't all, know. All of Phil's shots are just crazy. It's like, how do you just pick one? I, that's the hard part. Because he's got a couple of really good knockout shots. But, um, you know, where Jay, it's always the 09 foot stomp because that's kind of the most <laughs> iconic picture out there for him. And I feel with Jay, uh, it's just so, super cut and dry. With Phil, there's a couple of really good ones I like from different Olympias. Um, I even like the one where he's coming out on like 2011. I was say, yeah. Uh, I, I like the <laughs> walk out. coming out, walkout one. Yeah, the walkout one is pretty dope. Yeah, where's the walkout one? <laughs> <laughs> Do, 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 2011. Just, there it is. Right there. there it is. Right there. That's it. Right there. That's it. Yeah, right there. Walking out. Yep. It's uh the fourth picture over right there. Right there. Yep. <laughs> Click on that. That's it. The walk out. Just looks so fake there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. That was it. Um. Yeah, yeah, he's got a lot of good shots, but that's the. What, the, what did he weigh here? Like, what's that weight? Ooh. God, I'm trying to remember. 2011, his first Olympia, I think we were around 240, I want to say. 235, 240. I had to go back and look at notes, but it was probably right in that range. Scary. Um, Scary. At the first Olympia. I mean, 2010, he was close, too, against Jay. That was not something that was a super cut and dry thing as much as, you know, people maybe some people thought it was. That was really close. That's why I told Jay too. I'm like, hey man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hey man, <laughs> you, better, you better start getting <laughs> Phil, Phil's getting close, homie. You know, you gotta you gotta start thinking about that. I always wonder, as a spectator or a fan, looking at you, what you do, like, how do you have t t top two guys? Like, how do you like separate that? Like, you got the top two guys going against each other. I guess for you as a coach is to get these guys at mm -hmm. their best and let them do their job. Yeah. Because what you do is, and this is something that some people, but most won't understand, but some will. When you're working with athletes, you can't think of one over another. You just try to bring them in their best because they may make, they may not go one two. I mean, that, that obviously that's ideal to yeah. some degree, but what you're trying to do is just get them to be able to be their best. Uh, perfect example was in '09. 2008, 
Phil placed third, 2009, everyone's like, okay, he's going to be in the top three again. Phil ended up getting sick, and then Jay came in, came in his all-time best, foot stomp year. So first and fifth, and Kai ended up beating Phil that year yeah. by one point, and Kai was fourth. And then the following year, when everything was fine, and, you know, one two, one, two, one, two. And then the other year, it was just like a Hottie versus Derek, where Hottie won the first year against, you know, Derek. Derek was second in his first Olympia. Yeah. Then the following year, it was a flip-flop. flip-flop. And then it was the same thing that happened with Jay and Phil, where the first year that they went up against each other, the one, two, was in 2010. Jay won his fourth Olympia title. Phil was second. And then in 2011, Phil won. And then Phil obviously went on to win seven more uh, or six more after that, which is seven total. But what you're doing is you're not trying to look at any other athlete, but the athlete you're working with. And then you're trying to focus on just bringing that person in their best. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people realize that it's not a matter of, oh, is one going to be more than the other? Who do you like more that you're going to give more attention to? It's not that at all. It's who's willing to listen and you give the the exact same amount of attention and whoever can create the best game plan for the execution of the plan you're giving them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's what it's all about. And emotionally, how do you deal with that? I mean, you got a guy who just won mm-hmm. and you got, a, you got a guy who just lost. It's, like- it's hard because the first year was easier because when you had Hottie win, it was his first win, and he was close several times like, where yeah, he was yeah. third his first Olympia, and a lot of people thought he could have won that one yeah. against Brandon. And then when he turned around and his um, his second Olympia, he came in, was 2020, he was right behind Phil because Phil had come back that year, and yeah. Phil was third, and he was a point behind Phil, so if he was fourth, and he came two days before the Olympia because it was the COVID year, and it took – Literally, he got it. They got there like a day before the Olympia, from from uh, from the Middle East, and then the 2021 year, again went back to third place. Then 2022, he ends up winning, right? And when that when he won there, it and then it was obviously Der- uh, Derek's first time in the Open at that point. Seeing them go one two, everybody's happy because Derek's happy to be in the top two. Yeah, of course. And then Hottie was obviously happy to win finally, and so it was everybody was happy Everyone at that point. Happy. What's up, guys? Hani Rambod here, 24-time Olympia winning coach, and now I'm giving you the opportunity to use my app for the next two weeks for completely free. Check it out. Hit the link below. With Jay in 2011, he tore his bicep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And what happened was that he tore his bicep a couple of weeks out because he was picking up a weight and he was in the middle of a um, shoot for muscle tech. And then he told me when I got there the week out and I go, dude, how come you didn't send me, you know, yeah. tell me what, what happened? He's like, cause I didn't want you freaking out. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, um, I was putting some weights back and you know, just tour. Yep. Wow. So when that happens, it's a little bit more cut and dry. Because you can just sit there and say, okay, look, mm-hmm. from the trauma of his arm, his arm was off, it was black and blue. Yeah. And then you turn around and his body just didn't peak right because of that. Of course. And obviously it was the later age, you know, he got a little bit older and getting his peak was in 2009. Uh, 2010, he still looked really good and good enough to win. Mm-hmm. But then by the time 11 happened and he had the, the bicep tear in the photo shoot that he had for muscle tech, 
I think that was the big thing because I remember right when I saw it, I go, this is going to be a problem. Right when I saw it, I saw it. I go, this isn't going to clear up in a week because I came out a week out early and it just happened like several days before I got there. Too much trauma for the body. Mm -hmm. And it was, and even though we were able to get it to that point where he could still play second, it wasn't enough to be able to be anywhere close to his best. And so I knew that was going to be a difficult task. Yeah. And then you turn around and Phil was starting to peak. Like his physique was starting yeah. to really peak in 11, 12, Come 13. Yeah. yeah. Like that's when he was even 10. Uh, he was giving, he was giving Jay some problems in 10 too, but it was close enough where they gave it to Jay. But I think that uh, in 11, it was like I said, Phil was so in such a good spot mm -hmm. that it was just like, yeah, it was just too much at that point. He looked really, really good. But, you know, when you turn around and look at it all, <coughs> let's talk a little bit about your situation because you're a guy that just, you won your first 212 Olympia in 2020? 20, correct. Right. And before that, how, how many times did you do the Olympia since, since then? Uh, oof, I started in 2015. 2015. Dead last. Dead last. <laughs> Dead last. And you were doing... Oh man, you weighed probably like what, 160 pounds? Uh, 154. 154, which is like the amateur lightweight. Like lightweight. <laughs> light, like literally lightweight. Literally like, lightweight. Like, like, like lightweight Ronnie would baby. say, lightweight yeah. baby? You were a lightweight. I was literally a lightweight baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, um, but that being said, you qualified for the Olympia in your first year as a pro, mm -hmm. and then you placed last. Right, which last basically means tied for 16th or 15th or whatever they say, right? And uh, what about the second year? 13th. Okay, so you just moved up. Just moved up, three spots. Okay. <laughs> then 13th to 9th to 7th, mm -hmm. yeah, just little by little. Third, then, then second, and then boom. There you go. Yeah. What do you think was the biggest change uh, that helped you go from 154-pound last place competitor in 2000 and was that 15 or 16 15 15 to winning your first olympia in 2020 five years later just my body matured you know finally settling into you know and, and, and improving and better conditioning getting better putting on more muscle but still keeping that conditioning and core tight um just came into my own honestly you know, i felt really good and you know i was 179 pounds I won my first Olympia in 2020. Um, so that's a significant increase in mass, you know, from, from my initial uh, 2015 appearance. Yeah, especially on your, what, 5'1"? Five, 5'2 five, five, on a good day. On a good day. 5'2 <laughs> on a good day. Some good shoes. Depending if he, <laughs> what shoes he's wearing and if he was stretched out or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I did back, then eh. <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, 2015, dead last. Honestly, I was okay with that. Like, it's my first Olympia, right? Right. I mean, I cried when I even got there and saw the arena a couple of days out. I went and looked at Now, it. were you married back then? Uh, no. Okay. No. But I, still with my, I was still with Rosangela and, you know, mm -hmm. just cried like a little baby just because I had made it to the Super Bowl. You know? But I, I said, I, this isn't it for me. I'm going to come back. And I've qualified every year since then. And obviously now being a champ, you qualify for life. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, uh, it's just you know, honestly, I believed I'd be Mr. Olympia since I started, started competing back in 2005. I honestly believe I could be it. And what'd you weigh then? My first show, 118. 118. So, and, and this is what really <laughs> is a, uh, it's just a, it's a great, great story. 
you are 118 pounds at five foot two on a good day. And you sit down and say, I'm going to be Mr. Olympia someday. Mm -hmm. Right. And so for you to be able to go here, here's a picture right there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Yeah. That guy, honestly, as much as people laughed and, you know, thought I was crazy and I believe I could be Mr. Olympia one day, even though I couldn't hit almost muscle the right way. But I knew eventually I'd get there. I mean, I, I literally said that. Like, I honestly, I have never been to Olympia. I, I made a pact to myself when I first started competing that I would never go to Olympia unless I'm competing. So my first time at the Olympia was in 2015 when I qualified. You're kidding me. That was the goal. I said I will never go and watch as a spectator unless I, I'm on that stage. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's That says a lot. But, I mean, you had a lot of vision there. What was it that helped you get through the times where you're like, hey, I want to go through and be able to hit this this goal. Is it somebody that was always there for you? Was it a coach? Was it, you know, what was it? Honestly, I'm just that, I'm just that guy, honestly. Like, I'm just, I, I, I strive off of that almost a little bit. When people say it's impossible, mm -hmm. you can't do it, or you're too small, mm -hmm. or it's never going to happen. Like, that, that's not my motivation, but I use that as fuel. Mm -hmm. And I still use it to this day, you know, and it just that's just the kind of guy I am. I've always believed that, that I always had this no plan B mentality. Like if I want something, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that. No matter how long it takes to get there, mm -hmm. I want to make it happen. Again, being believing I can be Mr. Olympia back in 2005, it took me a couple of years, but I finally got it right. You did. So you did. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Same, same thing with Derek. Derek said the same thing. I mean, he came to me in 2000 and I don't remember what it was, 16, 17, you know, something like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and said to me, at the Arnold, it was the Arnold Classic, mm -hmm. and we were at the booth. And I remember now, because he reminded me, that he came over to me and he says, I want to be the next Phil Heath. <laughs> you know? And I was just laughing, and I go, well, dude, you look a little more like Jay Cutler than you do Phil Heath. <laughs> Did you look in the mirror? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, um, you know, he ends up winning the Mr. Olympia. Did it. Yep, he did do it. And I think that you know, one of the things that we can't turn around and avoid talking about is obviously that he went up against you in his, the first time I coached him, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is a little awkward because I had this situation <laughs> with, 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 with Branch because Branch was sitting right where yeah. you were sitting. And it was the year that, in 2009. And he, he placed second. And he told me, he goes, if you wouldn't have coached Jay, I would have been Mr. Olympia. If yeah. you never met Derek, I would have three titles right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's a very true statement. Yes. It's a very true statement. And we just happened to meet each other backstage in 2020. And I had Sean Ray and I had Tarek who came over and said, hey, I want to introduce you to to Derek. And I just said, hey, nice to meet you. I never met him before. Mm -hmm. And I was back there with Hottie. And um, I was, you know, walking back there. Uh, I think Phil was back there too, 2020. And then he comes over and he says, hey, man, can I get your number? Can we talk? And I said, sure, give him my number. And I said, yeah, you know, we'll talk. I don't have a 212 guy. Hottie had, because, you know, Hottie already graduated yeah, in 2019 to open, so no 212 guy. And uh, he was coming off as a contract, too. So he said, hey, look, I'd be interested well, in right. also talking. Um, his contract was ending. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'd really like to, you know, talk to you about Evogen and talking about coaching. And I said, okay, give me, here's a number. Give me a call in a couple of weeks. Because it was like in December. That, yeah. that, that, that Olympia was in yeah. December. And so Christmas went by and years went by and then I ended up getting a phone call and uh, he shot me a text and we started talking and then I just kind of get to know the guy a little bit. And luckily for him and I, when we started talking, a lot of that stuff that he had 
kind of an edge to him previously, which I didn't know about. And I guess, you know, sometimes he'd come across as a little bit abrasive um, early on in his career and sometimes, you know, overcompensating, mm. you know. And so I didn't know about that. But the cool thing about it was that he ended up starting to really change yeah. as I was coaching him. And I said, hey, look, you know, you got to not only act professional, be professional. And it seemed like the coaching and mentorship was kind of working because people came to me and said, hey, he's kind of acting a bit different now, like in a positive in a way. way. Yeah. yeah. And so it, w- it was a good thing. And, um, and I told him, I go, what do you want to do? And he says, I want to go and do the 212 Olympia. I want, I know I can win this Olympia. I've gotten close, but now I'm going backwards because I just placed fourth. And I think, um, and obviously you had just won. And I said, well, Sean looks like a five foot two Ronnie Coleman. (laughs) And I told him that I said, if, if Sean had four or five inches on him, I think he could be beaten open guys like open Olympia. Right. And I said, but he's still, he's amazing. So you're going to have to really get inside out. And so the crazy thing about it is that, and I haven't told the story very often, but a couple of times that I have told it, it's, it's a self-realization for me because I just said, look, man, I'm going to take on this project, but it's one of those things where I got to get along with the person. Of course. And if I don't, I'm a type of person who just says, hey, look, you know, there's been times where I've worked with some people and either in the middle of their off season getting ready for prep, I just said, look, dude, I can't do this. And, wow. you know, um, I just, I just said, I can't do it. It's not going to, it's not going to work out because I'm not going to sit there and beat my head against a brick wall. Absolutely. And I just, I don't want to get to the point where I'm going to be angry and bitter and it's not worth it. So, um, or I just end up knowing more about a person and I just don't feel like it's like, it's a right fit personality wise. Gotcha. And I'm just like, it's not going to work. And, um, that's happened to me several times where I met somebody and I just felt like, I'm like, man, this guy's work ethic is just not there. And I'm just going to be like, Hey, look, I got to move on. And mm-hmm. it's just like, you got to cut bait and, and just have that self-realization, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like beating a girl, man. You know, <laughs> the girl's like burping and acting like, like a fool on her first date. Like, You're going to be like, Whoa, <laughs> it's time will to you go. Marry, will you, you know? marry me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, uh, but it's one of those things yeah, where it's like, you got to get, got to get, get along a little bit, yeah. especially my system where it's so entrenched in so many different ways of getting to know somebody both on and off the stage. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you got to be able to have them trust you and you have to trust them. And what that means is that they're going to have to trust you for the guidance for them to listen, and you have to trust them to be able to follow the plan, yep. right? And there's so many things that are involved with that. So you, I have so many young coaches that listen to this podcast, and I, I get a lot of uh, DMs and saying people saying thank you so much, or they'll share little bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, I go, the number one failure rate is, uh, is for those that have clients that are listening to too many people. Of course. Number one. And when you're starting out, that person is not going to believe in you all most of the time mm-hmm. until you get a kind of a resume built to say, hey, look, now I'm going to go ahead and like, this is a guy I should be listening to because yeah, look, he's done A, B, and C, right? Absolutely. But you got to earn those stripes. And the hard part is for you to be able to earn those stripes and have that, that, camaraderie where you can kind of go back and forth with somebody and be able to say, Hey, look, I'm going to challenge you because I was talking to Chris cook about it. And Chris cook is a, you know, athlete of mine from 24 years ago. We started 
working out together uh, 24 years this month, Jeez. right? And then he ended up winning the USA with me uh, a couple years later, three, four years later. He won the USA, actually back-to-back USAs, but he didn't turn pro because he couldn't win the overall because back then they only had a couple of oh, yeah. uh, pro cards back yeah. then, yeah. right? But um, but it was funny because he's here at Evision now, and we still we talk about it sometimes. And he said to me one day, I can't remember, like about a month ago, and he goes, look, dude, back then you were just coming up, so I wasn't going to listen to everything you had to say, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> now you got these guys that actually listen to you. And oh I was like, goodness. and I said, well, you were such a pain in the ass. Yeah, and he goes, well, you know, that's what it was like because as you're coming up with somebody and I'm green, he's kind of green. Okay. And even though I hadn't won any Olympias yet, I was still turning people pro. I get it. And uh, I was just the pro creator back then starting out. And it was, it was a different, it's a different thing. So I think that, um, you know, I guess the whole bit of the conversation came up was that you don't really trust people as you come up with them. Hmm. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing to go back and reflect on. That you got to kind of earn those stripes, yeah, I get it. and um, it's something that's very, very important because bodybuilders, bodybuilders, you know what you know what the problem with bodybuilders are, is that they just want to think that they know everything. Of course, a lot of them, absolutely. And the, and if you think that way, don't hire a coach. Yep. Just do your own shit. That's it. I've told so many people that I've I've co- a ton of people, and I'm like, dude, you need to just go coach yourself, you know. And then you know what they'll do is they'll go from one coach to another coach, oh, yeah, and go to another coach. And then they'll turn around, and then by the third or fourth coach, they'll come back and try to come back to me. They blame and I'll the be, coach the whole time. Yeah, to that coach and that coach or whatever it is, and then they'll come back. And then I'll say, hey, look, man, the ship has sailed. I'm done. I'm, on, I'm, I'm already past that. I'm on a different journey. But, um, but again, instead of me just talking here, blabbing, so I'm sorry, it's really about where I know you – I want to talk about John Meadows. Ugh. Okay, God rest his soul. You had a good relationship with him, and John was really – loved and um and the crazy thing about it is actually john came to me and asked me to coach him yeah i have i think i have his text messages in my phone wow yeah yeah and um so he wanted he reached out to me um a while back and we just never really connected because i had so many things going on but everyone who's told me that was close to him that they, they just they really really loved him um tell me about the relationship with john meadows because uh, that, what year was that that you were working with him? And oh, man. From 20, uh, well, 2015 all the way up until he took passing. Oh, really? Yeah. So that was for a very long time. Yeah. Was it six, six, seven years? Yeah, because he was based in Ohio, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's tough to talk about him. Um, oh, man. He's a big part of my life. He was family to me. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I've everything I've done, and you know what I've been able to do in the gym, and the way I look, and the training, it all came from John's mentorship and his guidance and his knowledge. And um, you know, it, it hurts more because I was with him at his house about three weeks before he passed. You know, and we were on the phone a week before he passed, talking about the Olympia coming up and meeting up and training and all this. And then I get the phone call on a Sunday from a guy that he had passed. And uh, I didn't leave my house for three, four days. I didn't leave my couch for three, four days. I didn't train. I didn't care. And I was getting ready for a 2020, was it 21 Olympia? Mm-hmm. The year Derek had won. 
Um, and I just, you know, I said, you know what, John's the, John wouldn't want this. John wouldn't want me just, you know, melting and weeping and, and, and not training and not preparing for the show. Um, and I went back to the gym, and I just, I, was, I just wasn't the same. Honestly, I just was not the same. I wasn't there mentally. I mean, I were, <laughs> there were literally days that I remember, like yesterday, I was literally sitting there in the gym crying. Like, under the weight, about to do a set, and I was just crying. But I kept thinking about John all the time. Um, he was, you know, a very big instrument in my life. His family was my family, and, you know, until this day, we still keep in contact, Mary and his sons. Oh, man. You know, I owe a lot to John. You know, and, you know, we talked about it at the Olympia uh, year one and again in 2022, and uh, Flex was interviewing me about interviewing me about John, and I just melted on, on camera. Just melted. You know, and um, yeah, it's 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 just it's one of those things like it was it just wasn't real. Mm-hmm. Like John was like as crazy as it may sound, like I felt like John was invincible. He was just that guy, like just that that couldn't be John. John no, right? You know, and it's just I owe him so so much. A lot of people do because you just hear story after story that are very similar to yours, and it's just it sucks because people don't realize how much somebody is worth to them until they're gone. And that's a sad moment. That's a sad thing where you should really appreciate people who go out of their way for people in their lives because they're truly want caring. And I think John was one of those few guys that was that way. And when I say few, there's a lot of people that will help people, but not everybody, not everybody helps people with the right reason, right? And he was a type of person, because when I would talk to him and we yeah. run, run into each other in places and, and I just hear him speak and whether it was Instagram or YouTube and his, his videos would pop up. It was one of those things where you could just tell his just, he loved it, Passion. you know? So and, much. and I feel like that also kind of maybe what caused his issue at the end, because I think that that was the whole thing. Cause I kept seeing, seeing him and I'm like, dude, you need to lose some size because he's had that heart condition thing. And I think that he was a little bit kind of like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be okay. And I, I, I can't, I'm, I, I, like I said, I have the, I have the text messages. I'm like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I think I'll be all right. Um, but I, I just look at him and I'm like, bro, you're still big. You know, if you have a heart issue, you've got, you've got to scale back your size. So it's not so much pressure on your heart. And again, I, I don't know the extent of how much that would have helped him, but just superficially looking from the outside in, you just go drop the weight. So that way it will just be less stress on your organs. But ultimately he loved bodybuilding. He loved helping people. He loved bodybuilding. And I feel that it was a, it was a huge hit to the industry with him gone, you know? Um, Because again, many, many stories like yours from other athletes that I know that were very, very um, just, they loved the guy. Yeah. I mean, open, there's there's not a single person in this world that had a bad, bad thing to say about John. And he, he opened his doors to any and everyone. You know, literally, mm-hmm. you know, had us in his house. We train in the gym, go back, eat, hang out. It was just that was John. You know, he'll give you a shirt off his back, literally, if you if you need to. Like I said, no one, no one has a bad thing to say about him. No, I haven't heard one person. Uh, so, again, I mean, with you going through it, being able to win the Olympia, then obviously Derek came in and and won. Mm-hmm. After that, how did you feel that following year when it was, I mean, we were, we were going to do the 212 again, yeah, right? Yep. 
and I know you were trying to to bring it, you're right, trying to really take it to the next level to try to win back mm -hmm. the Olympia. And then I guess my thought process at the time was like, okay, we're going to go back against Sean. We're going to do one more show. Um, you know, you're the number one threat. And, uh, you know, we got to keep Derek light to try to compete against you because that was the whole time. I would just say, hey, we're going to do one more Olympia, one more 212 Olympia. And then the following year, if you want to go open, you can go open. But then the whole thing happened where, you know, his weight wasn't really changing. It was still in this 240. 50s, well, yeah. well, yeah, he lied to me. He said 240s, <laughs> but he was like almost 250 or whatever 50s, it was. Yeah. But, and, and the reason why he looked so good when he guest posed was because of the fact that he was already, he was eating so little, like his carbs were low. That's why he was still in really good shape because his food was so little and I had him doing so much cardio in the off season, yeah. and, but his weight wasn't going down. And so that that whole thing happened because I kept saying, "Well, you're still going to do the 212. I don't care what they say. They're going to do the, the whole 212." Viral. Yeah, yeah. Well, that went viral. But let me ask you this: What did you think? Were you in that point? I want to go back and try to get you know get him again, or were you just kind of relieved that when there was a consideration of him doing open? Because again, as a competitor, I know you're hungry and you really yeah. want to go against the best guys. Of course. I mean, it didn't really matter to me, honestly. I was prepared to go against whomever stepped on that stage. But obviously, once you guys made a decision to go into the Open, I knew that on paper. Mm -hmm. Technically, I was the favorite, but I never let up off the gas whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Because, again, you got to respect each and every one of those guys. Yes. You know? Because, um, again, I was a guy who was dead last. I came up and, and won. Right. So that could happen any given time. So, again, I was prepared either way for Derek to step on stage or to not step on stage. I wasn't you know, shortchanging myself or changing things up. I was just going full blast, start to finish. Oh, is Derek's going to open? Cool. Still full blast. Well, and then you ended up deciding to go open, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> and, and let's talk about that because Oof. that was exciting because that, that kind of blew up the internet. Oh, my, that's a, that was a second viral moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was fun, man. Honestly, that was something I've always wanted to do. I always want to do an open show just to have fun right. and test myself, you know, a whole giant killer, you know, theme. And it was one of those things that timing was perfect because I was going to be in that area for the, for working in a booth anyway at Wolfpack. And I'm like, hey, it's only, what, two weeks later? I mean, so we, I literally, after Olympia, I sat down with, it was literally, we were at uh, Chipotle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was my wife, Matt, you know, his kids. Yeah, like, what hey. was Matt's reaction to that? Uh, it was actually, it was, it was reaction of both my wife and him had the same uh, he's like one. If you're healthy, yes. And two, how do you? Where do you think you're gonna fall? Like, mm -hmm. as far as you know, are you gonna be okay with what replacing? Like, listen, I'm just going to ultimately having fun. You know, I'm going against the open guys. I have no expectations. Of course, I want to win, mm -hmm. but I got to be realistic too. I'm going against guys who some guys are 100 pounds heavier than me. Right. But I'm gonna go out there and and be my absolute best. And Matt's like, okay, let's do it. Let's roll with it. And um, you know, I people don't really realize that was actually so that Olympia twenty twenty one, I was one seventy eight. Mm -hmm. So it was a pound lighter than I was the year prior. Yeah, that's right. Year prior. So I was one seventy eight for the Olympia. And when I came out to the Legion, the open show I was one seventy four. Right. So you know, you do more shows, yeah. you're a little lighter, a little bit tighter, a little bit yep. drier. Yeah, you died uh, a little longer. Yeah, of course. And uh man, I <laughs> I was just blown away. Like first call out, I was like, oh, first call out, all right. And then moved to the center, and you got a Regan. Yeah, where was that show? That was in uh, Reno? Reno. Reno. The, Le the, Le the Legion, yeah. Um, wow. I remember it was Cedric McMillan, Patrick Moore, Sergio, Regan, Max Charles, like heavy hitters. 
Yeah. You know, and you get little old me, <laughs> you know, in that first call out with these guys. And, and I, everybody loved it. Everybody yeah. loved it because you're like the underdog, right? Honestly, people want to see that. Like, not just a 212 guy, but like the smallest 212 guy. <laughs> <Yeah>, the <laughs> smallest 212 yeah, guy. Yeah, literally, I'm the smallest, two, I'm literally the smallest 212 guy in the division. Um, but yeah, people loved it, man. It was, it, it they were nuts. eating it up, man. It would, it would nuts. And then when I won, oh, forget about it. People would just went cra- it was crazy. Videos and pictures. And yeah. I had to like just lay the low. The internet just went super, just exploded. I, I had to lay low for a little bit because it was crazy. But uh, it was an amazing time. Well, let me ask you this. So yeah. when you're backstage and you're getting ready, let's say you're getting ready, let's say pre judging was about to happen mm-hmm. and you're pumping up, yep. right? When, are you eyeing everybody? Because everybody has their own system. They were eyeing me. Everybody's looking at you. Literally, I can I can see it. Okay, I can feel it. Okay, I see guys. I, I mean, I, I'm not gonna name names, but I saw these guys watching me. Man, like, don't ready. name names. Let's just give initials. <laughs> Let's give initials. No, uh, no, but you know, because you got a, you know, right. you got a, what's his name, Milos, looking over at me because he's getting rigging ready. And oh, I see Patrick Moore in the corner over here. Big Max Charles is here. Martin Fitzwater's over here, and I'm just. Going. I forgot all those guys were in the show. Yeah. I just remember Sergio was there. Sergio. And I said, I remember Sergio. I remember Regan for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think um, those are the two that I remember because I think they were in the top three, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so I'm like, you okay. also has Cedric McMillan. Yeah. I didn't. Where Cedric, uh, where did he land in that show? So he didn't come back for the finals. He got sick. Really? Yeah. He was there for pre judging. He just got sick for the finals. How, how, where was he in the pre judging? Where was he in the call out? Second or third call out. Oh, second or third call out. So, yeah. Okay. Okay, that's why he didn't come back. Yeah. Got it. Got it. And then so on that, in that case, where were you in regards to, like, were you getting confident when everybody was looking at you? Or were you... Wasn't paying attention. No. Wasn't focused on that at all. My goal, I have one goal, is to get into that first call out. So I do whatever it takes to make sure I meet, I leave that first impression, like I belong in that first call out. So I remember coming out there, I was standing next to Max, Max Charles, because again, you go by last name. So Max Charles, and you got Sean Clarita. So Max is right here. I'm just like, I don't care who's there. Yeah, and Max is a big boy. Yeah, he's very big. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we posed, and we did that first, that first initial call out. Mm-hmm. And then they you know, they line us up, and then first call out, boom, 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 and then bang. And then and they put you in the middle. Put right in the middle. Right in the middle. <laughs> and, I, and obviously it wasn't because I was the biggest guy. No. It was just I had the conditioning. Everything was symmetrical. Everything just popped. I yeah. remember looking at the video like, Everything just popped. I remember seeing the pictures, and I go, everyone's like, what do you think, honey? And I go, he's the most complete. Yeah, I go, complete. That's I go, the word. Yep. I go, he's the most complete. I said, there's a lot of guys that are bigger than him, but they're not better than him. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I saw that, and I just said, now it's just the question is, will they give it to him? Yeah. And uh, obviously they did. Yeah. They did. They made the right decision. I think that ultimately, too, I guess my whole thing was that, like, when you were – posing and you got put in the middle were you just starting like your confidence starting to grow and everything? oh yeah i was yeah. eating it up man i was <laughs> just loving it, it like we're bumping a little bit and i always play the game where if you're, you're posing i'm gonna step a little bit in front of you just to i was loving it every minute of it like for, and then the final call i was me sergio and regan uh-huh forget about it i was like third i'm in the top three i'm gonna give it all i got right now. right you're just hitting the poses Went out there, it. just killed it holding poses squeezing getting crowd the- was going nuts huh? oh man they loved it they loved it that's it. awesome. It was great. It was a great show, great experience. After prejudging, w- did how did the competitors treat you after prejudging? <laughs> like whether it's backstage or getting ready for the finals. I mean, was there, was anyone, di- no one talked to me. Like no one. Like everyone kind of just did their own thing. Really, they didn't really talk. No. Okay. I don't think they liked that. They were too happy with that. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, because I mean, coming to the show, like, I just know where this guy's gonna, you know, but there were some people talking crap before the show. Oh, yeah, we've all seen it, and I'm like, okay, all right, and yeah, I, you're a chill dude, man. I, I mean, you're like talk. a really chill guy. You're, you, have you always been this chill? I don't need to talk. I don't, I'm not that good. But I'm saying, have you always been yeah, this chill? I feel like I, I've never always been the same guy. Like you yeah. see, I don't wear tank tops. This is the first time just yeah. for you today. Oh, you know, you could, you, when we were training, you're like, man, I'm wearing a tank top. I was like, just what? for you, yeah. Like, I'm, That's I'm hilarious. I'm just not that guy, man. I'm just quiet, you know, just kind of just do my thing, get on stage, have fun. Don't need to talk about anybody, bash anybody. That's it. Well, I think that the thing about wearing a tank top I grew up in an era where even when I was in my best shape, you know, and I ne never looked a hundredth of any of you guys ever looked. I was competing as a natural bodybuilder. And I, I just came from that Dorian era, right? Mm -hmm. Where it was just like, you stay, you stay, you know, what you're wearing. Yeah. Baggy ass clothes, you know, the gasp style, you mm -hmm. know, just, you know, bum equipment, cut out the, the, the neck and just something baggy. And the only time you ever took your clothes off was when you get on stage. And that was it. And that was it, you know, or you had to pose after your train yeah, the last yeah. several weeks. You'd go in your pose to practice your posing in a posing room somewhere. I would go down to Venice Golds because okay. at the time I was living in Santa Barbara. And then, um, but I would never, ever, doesn't matter how good I looked, I would never, ever wear a tank top, ever. Just like, man, and it's, it's complete opposite right now, man, like, because the whole internet's naked. Everybody is like, they're running around with their shirts off. I got my videographer. He's trying to run around with a shirt off. He thinks he looks good. <laughs> He's laughing back there right now. <laughs> but, I got, you know, <laughs> he wants to wear his posing trunks. <laughs> but, yeah, but all in all honesty, people in this generation of Instagram, everybody wants to either look good or they end up Photoshopping their shit or they end up using so many filters mm -hmm. and everything else. And then when we grew up in an era, it was just like, you go there, you do a job, you get it done, That's it. you go home, and then you, all you do is the next day start focusing on uh, like going back and training again. I mean, you know? I said it all the time, like, I'm so glad I grew up, I came up in the era I did. My first heart, real gym membership was to a New York sports club in 2007. I walked in there. And, Where's that? Uh, New Jersey, Princeton, New Jersey. Okay. These guys were wearing baggy, sh baggy hoodies, sweatpants, yeah. boots. Yeah. Some guys wearing sunglasses in the gym. Like these guys were just getting it done. They didn't care about showing off. And right. So like I kind of like, oh, okay, this is how you should train. Cool. And I've, I've who's always, the, who's the bodybuilder you looked up to when you were coming up? Uh, Dexter Jackson. Uh, and you remember Marvin Ward? Yeah. Shorter guy. Yeah. These are the guys I looked up because again, Dexter and Marvin. Well, especially Dexter, he was a lighter guy like myself. You know, he was a bad weight. Yep. Turned pro as a light heavy, but he 100%. still came up as a as a. A shorter guy, Marvin Ward. You guys know he was four ten, but just jacked. Yeah, he looked like the trophy. Crazy, right? Yeah. They call him the statue. That was his nickname. I didn't um, even know that was his nickname. Yeah, the statue. Because he was like a little statue. Uh, but yeah, no, I just grew up in that era where, like, you know, like you said we don't take our shirt off until we get on stage. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and I I regret it now. Believe it or not, I really regret it. Yeah, there's Marvin right there. Um, I regret. I got to be. What show was that? Olympia. That's a, that's a New York Pro right there. New York Pro. That's the year we, we did. So it's funny. We did that same exact show. I forgot what year it was. Um, but 2014, yes, that was my debut. It's funny. Steve, for, for shits and giggles, puts us next to each other on stage. Two of the shortest guys on that stage. It was, it was funny. I got, um, who did I get ready for New York Pro? I got Kevin English. That was the first show I worked with him. 2014? No. It was uh, before was that. Before, no, before he won the. Uh, Olympia. The Olympia. It you was, were up with all the heavy hitters, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, man, he's a great guy. Sweetheart. That's, that's the interview I did with Kevin, yeah. Yeah. 
Kevin, that was, yeah, that was, that was in his final Olympias. But if you go back and look at his, when he was at his biggest. He yeah. struggled to make weight though, right? Yes. Like he struggled. Yeah. But he also struggled to diet too. Oh, there's a, there, uh, I think that bottom green one, the bottom right green one, that side tricep, that's the year I worked with him, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I think that might've been it, but, um, but he looked really good that year. Um, but yeah, he but he was he struggled to stay on his diet. That dude, he'd eat candy bars and he called me up. He was like, "Coach, uh, I ate, I ate." I go, "What'd you eat?" He goes, "I came out, you know, I ate I, uh, food I wasn't supposed to eat." And I go, "What do you mean food you're not supposed to eat?" And he goes, "I had like ten Mars bars. What? I had oh. yeah, like ten, you know, candy bars. Yeah, like he, no, he wouldn't have like one or two. He just have one. He, no, no, no. He just he would go off the rails, man. He would go off the rails." He, he was really, really bad about sticking to a program. Um, when he did, great. Killer. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Because he was the king of 202. I mean, king. he was doing, yeah, did a really, really well at 202. I mean, he was beating Kevin. I mean, um, Kevin was he beating did. Flex um, back then because that 202, you know, Flex didn't grind. In, oh, Flex Lewis. I'm thinking Flex Lewis. Like, what? No, no, Flex, 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 Lewis, Flex yes. Lewis. Yeah. And David Henry. And mm-hmm. those guys, All those guys. Those guys battling Jose Raymond eventually That's right. came up. Yeah. That's right. But um, but yeah, I mean, it's it was one of those things. I think the biggest thing is that when you look at everything going back all these years, the bodybuilding generation is a very different generation than the current generation. The the older school bodybuilding generation, where you and I grew up, right? Much. And I think that um, it uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's good, but in some ways, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a whole different thing. Which what do you, tell me what you don't like? Because guys aren't training for the right reasons anymore. Oh, you're saying nowadays yeah. you think that they're doing it for what, for like money or what do you no, think? Well, money or likes and TikTok mm-hmm. follows and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You see the guys walk around with the tripods, filming their warm up sets, and like yeah, they're just doing it for likes. They're not doing it for the love and the passion of. The what do you think sport. about that? What do you think of influencers? <sighs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we got to have them, but, you know, I, I, it's just not my thing, man. I mean, yes, I, I do have a tripod, but I only do it because I don't have my training partner fill my sets. I just fill my one top set. And right, because you have to do your content. Content. Right. So what do you? So are you saying that there's people that are doing this that shouldn't be doing it because they don't deserve to do it in terms of, like, what they're, what they're shooting is just not heavy enough or, or intense no, enough? Or what, I, do you, what are you saying? I just think – I just don't – they're not doing it. They're not in a gym because they love training. Mm-hmm. They're just in the gym to just show off and and put up their 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 you know non shirt videos. And I see it every day. Right. Guys walk around training and no shirt on like that. What's the point? What's the purpose of that? Are those influencers or are those some people that are competing too? Oh, they're definitely influencers. Oh, influencers. I think they're definitely influencers because I've they, there's nothing about competing and that's that screams. Anything, yeah. I just honestly, I think it's just a part of the new ecosystem, bro. I really do. I think that they got to get their content too, right? I get it. I get it. But I don't know. There's a reason why I decided to build my own gym. Mm. It just got to the point where I just got frustrated. Because that signature in my home gym in Jersey, yeah. we didn't have that. Yeah, that's a pretty hardcore gym I heard. I've never been there. Yeah, before. I mean, it's, it got hardcore over the years. And we got some tra- serious powerlifters, bodybuilders training there now, and no one's walking around filming your BS sets. And if you're filming, you're filming your real sets, and you're putting it away. You're not just, you know, talking to the camera and walk around with your shirt and shoes off. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, no. And then when I came out here, unfortunately, it wasn't that same vibe. 
and I'm in the gym like I can't do this. It's condu it's not conducive for for what I'm looking to do. So it, it forced me to do something that I didn't think I was gonna do and build a gym. You know, so because you were that just frustrated, big time. It wasn't. Even, it, it was. It was frustrating as hell. I mean, I built my home gym first, right? Because I was. Because like, you moved here when? After the Arnold last year, so like May. And as soon as I got here, and I found myself because everything's so far here. Yeah, yeah, everything's like, kind of spread out. I get on a highway just to get to the gym. Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so it was like I'm spending more time. <laughs> Which, but I, everyone does ninety here, so it's, it's okay. I was spending more time in traffic than I was in the gym, and I'm like, and you get to the gym again, you got the same thing. Machines are broken, and people are using what you need. I'm like, ah. So I turned my converted one of my my garage into a gym. Stairmaster, treadmill, abs, glutes, calves. The whole I have 15 machines in there, and it was so peaceful. It was great. I'm like, this is what I need. And so that's what we need. This is what I need because I was I was loving that right in the morning, and ah, I didn't go to the gym. It's like ugh, to train, and I'm like, I can't. Like, so how many square feet is the new gym? Five thousand. That's great size. Five thousand. It's a personal gym. Yeah. Private gym. Everyone keeps asking. Private gym. (laughs) No outside memberships. No one's coming to train. Just myself, my training partner, and my wife, obviously. Um, but yeah, no, it's gonna be great because obviously I'm handpicking all my equipment myself. Yep. Play my own music, go in and do what I want, film when I want, and not have any distractions. And are you you ended up what building the building? Yeah, because we were looking at different properties and right. warehouses, mm-hmm. and they just weren't good. Some were run down, and some had rooms I didn't need, didn't have enough space. It was just like ah, this isn't it. And eventually, we found got the opportunity to just build our own. The ground Welcome up. Welcome to Texas. Yeah, I mean, there's space everywhere, especially where I live. And um, so I met with the the builders and like, what do you want to do? I'm like, this is what I want to do. And uh, I want. Did you buy the land or did you end up um, renting the renting land? Renting the land. And then they said, it's okay as long yeah. as you build it. Absolutely. However you want. Absolutely. Because um, I didn't want to. I didn't want to buy and let because right right now, especially want to eventually after the fact open a bigger gym. Okay. Or if we move for, right. for whatever reason. Um. So yeah. You're up in what McKinney. McKinney. Nice. That's a nice area up there. Very quiet. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's very so, chill. So yeah, no, I mean, it's we got a, we got a closing room, we got an office with a kitchen, bathroom, and then all training space. That's awesome. Yeah. It's and then great. when is it going to be all done? It's done. The actual actual building itself is done. No, but I think you still have to bring in all the equipment. I got to bring in all the equipment. Right. So I say another two three weeks, and I'm, two, I'm ready to rock and roll. Nice. So nice. prep prep will be done in my own gym. That's awesome. Yeah. Are you going to do any other shows before the Olympia? That was that was something I was thinking about, honestly. You know, obviously with conditioning being an issue, not an issue, but something I really wanted to hone in on for mm-hmm. the Olympia. I think maybe we should do a, a show prior to the Olympia just to make sure we're in the right spot. So, I mean, I, I don't know. How, what, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you know, I, honestly, it's you can look at it two ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's somebody that doesn't know how to get in shape, because they don't seem to be able to really pull it down enough, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. But for somebody like you, I think that if you want to go do an open show or if you want to go do is that are you gonna do an open or are you gonna oh, do it'd be, it'd be open for Oh sure. yeah. Yeah. If you can do an open show and you're like, hey man, I want to go take somebody's lunch money, then I'm like, cool, go do it. But if you're just doing it to try to dial in to try to better know your body, I don't think you really need to do that because I don't think you were far off last year. No. I just think that you just came in a little too big. I mean, I told you that. Phil, he told you that. You just came in just a little too big for your frame. And um, being that you and Phil have a lot of uh, similarities because both of you aren't the widest guys. 
So when you're not super wide, you got to be careful of how much muscle you're packing on okay. because you can start losing some of your geometry and your shape and your symmetry. Okay. And so I think that when I saw the pictures, um, Keon obviously has a huge V taper, mm-hmm. right? You have a huge amount of muscle pop, right? You have this crazy, crazy physique that just has muscle on top of muscle. <laughs> but when you start to lose V taper, then, then it's over. Because what you're doing is you're giving up a huge uh, disproportionate amount of shape because you're already standing next to somebody who's got crazy shape. Yeah. And then you turn around and you end up losing even more by putting on too much size and then it throws off your flow. Gotcha. And that's where I would just turn around and say, hey, look, it's, a, it's just take a little bit more away from the size, three or four pounds, mm-hmm. and then turn around and just work on that crazy conditioning and just really consider working on just more of the V taper. And when you said, hey, let's, let's do back, and I said, great, let's just really work on your upper back today, and let's go through it. Because, again, I'm, I'm just a fan, man. I'm a fan of yours. Um, you know, my family um, always loves hanging out with your family. Um, we just, you know, uh, talk to your wife, and, you know, your daughter's always there. You know, my <laughs> son's playing with your daughter at all the shows. And so um, it's one of those things where uh, – you know, I enjoy it when you come by. Um, and I said, come by, man. Come by, you know, whether it's, you know, whatever body part, you want to just come hang out. Um, again, there's not that many people we uh, we kind of associate with because it has a family per se. So Absolutely. when you do that, it, it makes things a bit easier. Um, and I was talking to Branch about it the other night because I saw him at Scott James who owned the, um, used to own BSN, him yes, and Chris Ferguson, yeah. And we were at his Christmas party. And it's funny because now he's getting ready to have another baby, right? And so it's like, I'm like, listen, old man, <laughs> something forgot, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you're supposed to kind of wind it down. And he's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, you got a boy. No, I'm going to have a boy too. So uh, oh it's going to be really good. <laughs> that was kind of a mix between Branch and uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Ronnie Coleman. <laughs> yeah, brother. Oh, man. That, his son's going to be hunting by the age of two, guaranteed. Oh, absolutely. God. He's going to pick up a pistol before a rattle. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, but it's um, it was really good to see both of them. I saw Trish and, and him at the at Scott's party, yeah. um, and it was really a good time. I get to see him every day, which is cool because I get to like pick his brain a little bit, get his advice, and then show him updates. Because I don't trust many people with my updates. Yeah. I don't post any. You see my page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't post anything. Yeah, you do old school like Phil and I did. No updates for what? Yeah, <laughs> doesn't well, matter. Well, look, I dude. get it. Why? Right for the follows and like the follows, the likes, the the the, the hype. All of that stuff that now the internet, like literally now in the past, when somebody would do something like that, they would get called out for it. Now they called out, they get called out when they don't, don't do, it. do it. Oh yeah. People rip me all the time. We should be posting Nick more. Miller, bro. Nick Miller. Who? Nick, Nick power guy. Okay. Nick power guy. So Nick power guy, you know, <laughs> Nick's a good guy. He's a, he's a huge bodybuilding fan. And, um, but he literally will start calling people out sometimes for not doing posts updates or whatever. And I just laugh because I go, some people are a little bit more old school, like hottie. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a, a, another segue back into, you know, the hottie situation and Derek, Derek was really big this year on doing a lot of content, content yeah. right? Because he had Trevor and these guys, you know, they cranking. were just like cranking, yeah. cranking content, 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 content. Yep. And you can tell 
that his pages started really growing, both his Instagram page as well as his uh, YouTube page. So he told me, he's like, Honey, I am going to go all in. And I said, Go nuts, bro. Go nuts. But as a coach that came up back in the day who would not even allow Phil, like I would say, Phil, please don't do it. Because that magic light makes everybody look stupid crazy. And then now people have this like perception of that's what you're going to look like on stage. And you don't because you got a gallon of water in you. You have five to eight grams of sodium in you. You look great right after you get that crazy chest pump or you just got done doing back and your arms are all pumped up for that split second. But then everyone's going to say, well, you don't look like that on stage. Would you screw up? Exactly. And you're like that. So again, that's one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. And that's why I was so adamant Mm -hmm. against it because I've got a crate. I have a, a, library of updates from Phil that looks insane. Jay actually started pulling out years ago his updates um, that he used to send me from the bathroom of that. (laughs) You know, did you ever see those pictures of him in the bathroom? Yeah, if you look at Jay's photos of doing the prep, he would go into uh, Las Vegas Athletic Club or whatever that was in Las Vegas where he was training and he would do the update in the bathroom there and he would send them to me. (laughs) And, you know, he went back and he took those for years later and then he would post them up every once in a while he'll, he'll post them. there it is um that right there that one oh the, yeah uh, yes, the, 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 those are my updates that he would send to me right two shower spot oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so those were the updates now yeah that was uh i'm wondering what year was that from the third olympia right quad stomping yep yeah it tells you look how wide his waist was there too on that front double bicep yeah. by the time we sucked it in how much difference it became by the time you really dried out. Okay, that's okay, like you said, it's food, it's water. It's food, you know? it's water, and it's all of those things. But but the pictures would always look super impressive when you're and that was um the bottom right there where he's doing most muscular. That was the pictures he sent me during um the day before the uh, show. I was going back and forth between the hotels in his house mm-hmm. and uh, that was oh nine and that was his ch- his photo after his third or fourth meal he sent to me. And then he kept it, and then he posted it up later. But those are the those are his check-in photos to me after his meals. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was right behind his um his sliding door. Uh, that one too, that one's uh, right behind the sliding door. And that that one I looked at and I said, yeah, you're still a little flat. Your chest is flat. It's not striated. And then we got to keep eating. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you see that? I don't mm-hmm. see that. I see, yeah. I see craziness. Like that. No, no, his chest is flat right there. Wow. Yep. Yep. Chest is flat right there. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. You can see it on that shot now too, yeah. and then so we just kept feeding him, kept feeding him, and by the time he stepped on stage the next day at night, so that's when he was starting to really get 3D. But um, that's awesome. but yeah, so that's why we didn't post any of those crazy pictures of Phil because I don't want to set unex- you know these crazy expectations. Now people are doing that, and they're doing it like I think that's what happened with Regan Grimes, right? Where some of those pictures, you know, you get the magic light or they go into the like in uh, Kuwait mm-hmm. and they got the mm-hmm. crazy lighting. I mean, tell me what your thoughts are on that. Do you feel like, you know, that shouldn't be done at all? Or do you think once in a while it's good? What's your thought process? You know, my thought is not at all. But, I mean, everyone's Mr. Olympic about them sitting by themselves. Let's be real. I mean, let's be put it out there. But, again, I, I, I agree 100%. Like, you look great by yourself, but what happens if you don't show up looking just as good on stage? People, like, well, what, what happened? Whereas me, you don't know what's going, what to expect. Right, because you're because you're on the DL. If you that's you know you posting photos every day, that's creating your hype. My hype is people are like I wonder what he looks like under that shirt. 
they're waiting to see what they're unveiling. I have, and that's that's for me. That's what I look, you know, get look forward to. Yeah. Not showing week to week to week, like oh, another photo. Same thing with Hottie. Hottie was not a guy that liked to do a lot of content, none of that stuff, because it was just always more of a pain in the ass. Because he just wants to train, and that's it. So yes. very seldom, you know, he'll do up little updates here and there, very small. Now he's going full in because he's seeing everybody else doing it. So yes. he's doing a much more amount of content. We're doing a lot of things. Even when he was here for the prep, I ended up getting somebody who could turn around and use a program and, you know, go in there and translate. Oh, so cool. you see a lot of the, like the uh, subtitles. Yes. And that was the other thing I said, because when he came here, I was like, look, dude, you don't do enough out there. Yeah. You need to do more because people need to at least see you. Even if you're not going to take all your clothes off again, I, like I said, you got to kind of pick and choose what you want to show, mm -hmm. but you got to show training. You have to show lifestyle. You sh have to show some of those things. And um, now he's doing much more about showing his family and doing um, a lot more videos, yeah. which I'm very proud of him because it, when you're used to growing up and just training and just showing it on stage, you have to do that. Because even though you don't show your physique per se, mm -hmm. you still do a lot well, of I training. Put a ton of content. Yeah, exactly. So there's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference. It's just the type of content. Yep. You're just not throwing out there, you know, the thirsty shots. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the thirsty shots. Look at me. Yeah. Shots. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know they ask them every day. I'm just like, nope. Wait till the show. Buy a ticket to the show. You can see as much as you want there. That's right. Yeah. And so now let's fast forward. You're going to try to decide here pretty soon whether or yeah. not you're going to do the open. Yeah. And as we go back and we explain, I think you can look at it both ways. If you want to go out there and take money and that's the goal, that's a good goal to have. But I think if you're just doing it to dial in your conditioning, then keep it for the Olympia stage. It was that, more so for that, just to go into an open show and just kill it. Yeah. Because I want to do, and the one thing I want to do this year too, is like I missed looking at these guys doing the tours after Olympia. Like, mm -hmm. We don't have that. The, the, the European tours mm -hmm. where they're competing Friday and then Saturday and Sunday. You know, I, I would love to have done that. But now that I see there are shows in, like, I don't know where they're at, Spain and all these other locations mm -hmm. in Japan, like, I want to hold my conditioning after the Olympia this year and, and travel. You know, even even if I have the title again, I still want to do more open shows or even 212 shows all around awesome. the world. So. Well, I think that's going to be much more possible because now you don't have to worry about it being in December. No, right. it's in October, yeah. It's in October now. Mm -hmm. So you're in the middle of October. So yeah. you, now you're going to have a lot more show opportunities yeah. after the Olympia. Mm -hmm. You know. So that's, so. that's the, at least two, two or three shows after before I shut it down and, you know, get ready for the next year. But I'm getting older, too. So I want to just go out. If I'm, I'm just want to go out now and just, just go amok, compete everywhere. Obviously not risk my Olympia conditioning and, and look, but just go out there and compete. Why not? I've done, no, what, I think it's a good 50, way of doing 54 it. shows so far? Have you really? Yeah, 54, I think it is. So how many pros and how many amateur? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Those are just total shows. That's total, yeah. Total yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. So. That's awesome. Well, uh, what else do you have planned for this year? Anything else? Because, oh. like, you have you have Young uh, young LA. We have, <laughs> I just got done shooting Young LA. It's like LA Fit Expo. We have LA Fit Expo coming yeah, up. Yeah, man. So it, you're going to be there It's let's just next start, week. Let's just start going back to when I moved here about a year ago. It's been nuts. Between the family moving here. Do you like it? I love it here. Yeah. It's just I, I haven't it. stopped. Yeah. Because obviously I've been traveling for, for sponsors and then, you know, have a stinger coming out, my own my own stinger coming out soon. Yes. I've got the gym being built and now I'm traveling. I had the shows at the Arnold. I had the Olympia. Now we're, you know, settling into the, the traveling season. So we got. When does the sneaker come out? Because you announced it at the Olympia. I did. We were hoping to have it done before Christmas. Okay. 
but with production, like I've never been in this position before. So my business partner, uh, Devin Carter, he's the one that's um, and heading everything up and everything. It, it just takes a long time. Supposedly Chinese New Year and production, mm -hmm. it's just a big holdup phase. So I hope it, I'm hoping I keep asking every day, like, hey, any What's updates? Right. You know, because I want to get something out sure. there. You know, um, so we're hoping soon. Um, but in the meantime, getting the gym up and ready in the next two three weeks, and uh, we'll start traveling. LA Fit Expo. Arnold, Ohio. I'll be at Arnold UK. I'll be at the FIBO in Germany, and I'm sure other other places. <laughs> You're gonna be everywhere, bro. Everywhere. Yeah. Are you going to Manny Show? I haven't been invited. Okay. So, because that's the only one that's after that that I know I'm going to yeah. is going to be usually the first week of May, right? It's first second week of May. I don't remember. I, yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm so lost with time. I don't even know. Yeah. So. We're going to be, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there at, in LA next week mm -hmm. for the LA Fit Expo. Then at the beginning of March. We're in Ohio together. Yep. We're going to be at Ohio because um, you got your sponsor that you're going to be with there. And yep. then I'm going to be there with the Evigen crew. Mm -hmm. Then um, I guess, uh, because is, is it Gasp you're going for or Mutant? Mutant. Mutant. Yep. Okay. So you're going to be there for Mutant. Yep. Yep. And then, then after that, two weeks later, UK. UK, so we're gonna be at the Arnold UK. You gonna be at UK as well? So, that, so far, we're just hoping that Hottie gets his visa oh, situation right. because both of the things yes. are all, you know, contingent on that. Both the Arnold US as well as that because it's never a clear cut thing. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's gonna be the first time him competing outside the Olympia at the, in the United States. Is there a particular reason why he decided to do the Arnold? Just yeah, because I think that with the prize money being increased, the opportunity. For those that you know, another show to be right after that with also a substantial amount of prize money. I think Makes that's sense. it's making sense, financial sense for him. Yeah. Where with Derek last year, it was more about just trying to get his body a rest. And then now God has given him a, a baby, baby yeah. because obviously it brings down the chances of having a baby when you're in the middle of prep. Yeah. So he ended up getting Jelson pregnant and they just had their baby a couple of days ago. Yeah. So shout out to Derek and Jelson, baby <laughs> Evie. So uh, we've been, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if it was a boy, I said, you better call him Evo, but it's a uh, baby Evie. Yeah. Um, and it's a carbon copy. The baby is a carbon copy of Jelson. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So beautiful picture. Derek had nothing to do with this baby. <laughs> it's all <laughs> Jelson. And you know what my wife says? It should look like her. She had to be, you know, she had to take care of that baby for nine oh, months. Here we in go. Yeah, that's well, it. My daughter, and you men do daughter, nothing. And I said, yes, we do something that's very important. My daughter just, <laughs> just like me, thank God. So I had, that's good genetics right there. <laughs> She's definitely my twin. There so, you go. Um, yeah. Yep, there you go. There's some really good pictures. They just posted awesome. them up here oh, just wow. within the last. That's definitely her. Yeah. Holy crap. Wow. That's, yeah. Yeah, doesn't Who's she look that guy? Like <laughs> yeah. It's just like Jelson. Seriously. Just wow. like Jelson, yes. Scary. There you go. Good job, guys. Yeah, she looks like she's she looks all still glammed up. Seriously. Yeah. She got all done up before she gets I don't know, man. Maybe she just looked like that during the thing. Yeah, but look at that baby. Look at that baby. Perfect. Super cute. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. God bless, guys. That's awesome. But um, but yeah, so now we are going to uh I guess we still got to go hit a meal together because we haven't been able to get to a meal together yet. I know. Yeah. So where are we going, man? Tonight. 
I don't know about tonight because it's going to be late. I was going to say, my wife will kill me if I stay out another. <laughs> yeah, if you're going out, you might as well not go back tonight. Yeah. If you're going to be out any later than that. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if my wife yeah, will Yeah, yeah. Oh, honey, told me we got to go to this one training. I'm, I'm following the plan. This training. Yeah, <laughs> this training. It's post-workout thing. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, I have, we got to do I still have yet. To, I've been here almost a year. I have not had, besides with you, barbecue, like real barbecue. You got to do the barbecue, man. Like we had the one yeah. last year after the, I don't know if that was, you consider real barbecue? I don't know. Yeah, so no. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah, and yeah. I and we I went, to like we got to go to like. Where was the Olympia market. this year? Olympia, where was it? It was in a, was it Florida? Um, this past one. I think it was. It was Florida. So yeah, no, it was in Florida this year where the sh- where the actual show was. Yes, yeah. yes. So we, after the Olympia, we went to we would, what we thought was a real barbecue place. Horrible. Was it? Very disappointed, and I should have caught that cue when I saw an empty restaurant. Oh yeah, we don't ever go to an empty restaurant. Like, oh, <laughs> this is this is perfect for us. Let's all go here. And yeah. it was horrible. Well, we were talking about it during the workout too. You said that you're not a uh, you're not a like a burger guy. Like Derek loves burgers. I'm a burger guy too. I, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit I'm a burger guy. I can't. I'm a sucker for a good burger. But I think um, you're more of a cookies guy. Ice cream, bro. Ice cream and cookies. Ice right? cream cookie. That's it. Like Just, a lot of ice cream and cookies. Like will you sit down I, and eat the whole thing? Like go straight. Oh, I'll Kevin whole, English I'll, on it and eat. A, oh, I'll finish a whole. Freaking pint of ice cream one sitting. Easily. No problem. It's got to be mint. Is your ice stomach cream. jacked after that? Oh. No. Cop a few of those GDAs, you're fine. A oh, couple of digestive enzymes. You may go to the toilet a couple of times after, you know, doing the night, <laughs> but you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Straight dumb and dumber stuff. My style. wife hates me after I eat ice cream. She's like, oh, here we go. But yeah, no, it's good. So That's well, hilarious. Good. That's good. hilarious. Well, yeah, man, we're going to figure something out. I got to find a yeah. good Persian spot so uh, you can get some Persian. kebabs around here. Yeah. You got yeah. your own kebab now with uh, Mega oh, Fit. Yeah, yeah, Mega Fit. Shout out to the guys at Mega Fit. Mega Fit. Solid, solid. We took forever to work on it. We went back and forth a lot of times. I'm sure. Um, but between the basmati rice, between the chicken, the steak kebab, and then we did a beef like uh, ground oh. beef kebab. Okay. And the best part about it is that normally chicken is dry, oh, and God, yeah. and what because it's just so lean, right? Mm-hmm. And the best thing about it is with the yogurt sauce. It's got like a little tzatziki on it okay. on, the, on the side. You just dip that bad boy in there, dip it in. Yeah, you're the other guys behind the screen. Like, yeah. <laughs> you dip that thing in there, and then just that with a little tablespoon of, of rice, mix it all up with the rice with that Hell with yeah. that yogurt sauce and the chicken, and honestly, it, it, it crushes. So if you haven't had a chance to try Megafit, go oh, check it out, They're guys. awesome. I've yeah. been with them for a couple of years, and they, they, their food is amazing. Have it's, you tried the kebabs yet? No, I haven't tried the kebabs Oh, okay. Yet, so no. Derek now, he's like, Oh man, there he goes. He got the kebabs up there on Derek's page. Um, there you go. Yeah, he's a kebab freak. He loves kebabs now. <laughs> but uh, but you got to try the kebabs. You could just do all of them. Do the chicken, do the steak, and then do the ground beef, beef one. The gra- yeah, the, there it is. That's it with that guy that kind of looks like Seabum. <laughs> but now I can't wait to see Seabum's hairline now that he's got the. Oh my the, God, yeah. It's so scary looking. Yeah, he's trying to get me and you to go. I'm good. Like, <laughs> get, get our hair done. I'm at the realization that I'll never grow hair again, so I'm good with it. Yeah, the only hair I got is on my back. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, doing doing that was really cool. Yeah. And then he's getting ready to have a baby, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. The yeah, real baby maker. Yeah. Pro making a baby maker over here. I'm going to change that name, put on yeah, the, the baby maker right here. The procreator slash baby maker. Yeah. The, um, but, yeah, so she's um, going into her uh, – Courtney's going into thir- her third, third trimester, trimester right? right? Yeah. She just started her third trimester. And, um, wow. and that, yeah, there he goes with the hair, bro. Look at that. 
He already looks like a dad. Oh, Jesus. I told him the good thing is that now he won't look like Homer Simpson. Oh, my God. Now that he's going to have hair. So. Everyone's had a baby. I had a baby. Derek's had a baby. Hottie, Hottie had his during the 2019 Olympia prep. So that, that was his third. So, um, so he's got three kids. And then you have, um, I don't know, you're getting ready for your second one, right? Cut the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Wifey wants another one, doesn't she? Yeah, she wants a little, a little, uh, little baby giant killer. Yeah, two running around. She wants a Sean a part boy, two. Little boy, Sean Junior. Little future Mr. Olympia. That's it. That's <laughs> it. It's gonna have some good genetics between the two of you. <laughs> well, my daughter. Oh, forget about it. If if anything, my daughter, she's tall. My daughter is like up to like here on me already, and she eats all my food now. And one year old, one year old, one years old, bro. And she's like, every time I have my food, I lay it out in front of me, and she crawls over and just takes a pacifier, just like that. And you gotta like, if you if you don't give it to her, forget about it. She's going nuts. So she's eating my <laughs> beef, my bison, my turkey, and she's sitting there eating it, eating it, eating it. Look at her, she's eating Mega Fit right now. So that's the turkey spaghetti from Mega Fit, and she loves it. I haven't tried that. Oh, is man, it gluten free or no? Because the bum bowl is gluten free. Oh, I don't know. Because the blunt, the bum bowl has got the. Um, the, the macaroni, it's yeah, good, bison, and, yeah, a little spicy, but not bad. It's a little spicy. A little spicy. Yeah, I add ketchup to it. Oh, I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, it kind of chills out the spice. Yeah, she eats but like I'm a like regular that. freaking adult now. Baby bottle out the, out the door. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, guys, I want you guys to let me know what you think. Make sure you go check out the workout I did with Sean. Because we'll go ahead and put the link below as well. Mm -hmm. um, and if it hasn't been out yet, so stay tuned. Because, again, depending on how fast the guys end up cutting this and yep. editing it versus doing the workout, it's always a pleasure having you, brother. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for, um, you know, sharing uh, so much insight with, um, you know, Mountain Dog um, and everything that you went through with him. Again, shout out to him, his family, all his friends. Um, we miss him. Uh, Hani Rambod, I'm here with two-time Olympia winner uh, Sean Clarita, and that's the truth.